It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study. This is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, May 26, 2011. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is back. Uh, he was absent last week, and he's back uh, ready to go. Thanks, Jacob. We look forward to uh, the virtual Bible study, as always, on Thursday night, getting a group of people together on the Internet to talk about things in the Word of God. And that's what we're here for. We want to learn from God's Word and God's Word only, and so we hope you have your Bible and you're ready to study along with us tonight. This is a listener interactive program. You participate in the program in one of three ways. You can call toll-free, 877-381-4567. You can email questions at collegeview.com. And if you're watching our video feed from thevirtualbiblestudy.com tonight, you can follow along with other member listeners in the chat room. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. Well, we have an interesting program, a uh, very time-sensitive program tonight. Right, Jacob. We want to uh, spend some time tonight talking about the prophecy or prediction that May 21st was going to be the beginning of judgment, or the, rap- uh, the rapture, and so forth. Um, a lot of news coverage over the weekend concerning the fact that uh, Harold Camping and uh, his organization known as Family Radio mm-hmm. had predicted that May 21st was a significant date in earth history, that it was going to accomplish a rapture in which saints would be transported away from the earth, the beginning of the end. Um, and the news media covered it pretty heavily leading up to that time and then of course over the weekend quite a lot of coverage because nothing happened on may 21st and so there was a lot of questions about that i actually went back to harold camping's website and um, listened to the last broadcast of family radio he has something he calls open forum and the last one that was posted was on wednesday did you listen to it he was very emphatic people by that point the heat the heat was getting turned up people were calling in and getting so somewhat belligerent with him you know, said, uh, you know, on May 22nd, are you, if you're still here, will you give back the money and all? And he said, it is going to happen. We're not going to talk about it. There is no way that it would, will not happen. It is going to happen as late as Wednesday. And then, of course, uh, on, sa- on Saturday, he's still around. Yeah. Now, we had we had picked up on this prediction pretty early here in our broadcast on the Virtual Bible Study. Back in January, we had interviewed a, a, a colleague of Harold Camping's by the name of Gunther von Herringa. Uh, we contacted Mr. Von Herringa again this week to see if he would interview with us to try and explain what happened on Saturday. Uh, he simply referred to us re- referred us to a recorded statement on the Family Radio website. We have some sound clips from that that we might play later in the program. But we do have someone joining us live on the program tonight, a brother Mike from Oregon, who is not directly affiliated with Harold Camping's group but who is uh, in agreement concerning the May 21st date and uh, so forth. Uh, he maintains a website. The website is, Jacob? May-21-2011.com. May-21-2011.com. And um, 
he, he simply goes by the name Brother Mike. He doesn't prefer to give his last name. And we have him on the phone with us now, and he's agreed to give us uh, some time explaining the situation as, as he believes it now stands. Mike, thanks for joining us on the Virtual Bible Study. Hello, Mike. Are you there, Mike? Mike. Yeah, thank you for having me. There he is. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for joining us on the virtual Bible study tonight. Uh, as I told you uh, when we spoke off off the air uh, before the program began, we want to just kind of give you free reign to explain the situation as you see it. Now, you you were in agreement with Harold Camping's conclusions about May 21st, and I saw on your website today that you were asking for forgiveness, making an apology and asking for forgiveness. Uh, as I, I've got it right here before me, you said, let me apologize to everyone for having said there would be a huge earthquake and a literal rapture or catching up into heaven of God's people on May 21st. And so what you had been thinking was going to happen didn't happen. And so uh, explain to us, uh, uh, as you see it, what, what, went, what went awry there in the prediction and where do we stand now? Well, what I see is that we misinterpreted uh, the uh, timing of the rapture and just kind of assumed without uh, enough biblical support to do so that uh, the rapture would take place on on May 21. Uh, On the other hand, I believe there's all kinds of support, biblical support, that May 21 uh, was a significant date according to the biblical timeline of history, and as such, I do believe that Judgment Day uh, did begin on May 21, but it is spiritually focused, not literally or outwardly focused, and the focus is on the fact that salvation, spiritual salvation to the world, has ended. Now, now is that... As I was reading your website today, that that's what I took from it. In other words, the that kind of closed the door. There's if you're not a saved person already, it's too late for you. Is that right? I do believe that the, the scriptures teaching that just like uh, in the uh, when the flood came in Noah's day uh, on the seventeenth uh, day of the second month, the door was shut. Nobody else could get into the ark because God shut the door. Uh, and we know uh, from the biblical calendar that uh, that day in Noah's day is equivalent to May 21. Of are you are you there, Mike? Sounds like we might have lost Mike. Lost, lost, lost Mike. His line's still active. There, maybe he'll Mike, come back. Mike, are you there? Uh, we'd like to hear from you tonight on the program. If you have any questions, uh, maybe you'd like to ask Mike, or maybe you have uh, some questions or comments you'd like to make about. Uh, the May 21st uh, dilemma, well, you could uh, give us a call at 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com or join in the chat room with other listeners. Uh, Mike's line did go away, so perhaps Let's... he was on a cell phone. We'll call him back here. Maybe okay, we'll, just, wait, we'll wait. do this a little live here. You know. A little off the, uh, the, cup, have, off, uh, on the fly radio. There you go. Yeah. There there Mike, we lost you there, Mike. Sorry about that. Okay, you were saying that this is, what you see happened was the equivalent of uh, when God shut the door on Noah's Ark, and that's about the last thing we heard from you. Yes, it's equivalent to exactly 7,000 years from that time to May 21st of our day. Uh, and, and so I must conclude 
that the door of salvation, just like it was in the days of Noah, is shut. Now, Mike, um, are there any external signs that, that prove that the May 21st date is, in fact, valid? You know, you know initially you, you'd said that the rapture would begin on May 21st. Now you're saying that maybe spiritual judgment has begun and that salvation, the door for salvation has been closed. Are there any external signs that verify that this is the case? No, we don't have any external signs. Uh, it's all internal in the Bible. Uh, and that's where God wants us to look, not for truth, not outwardly. Uh, defining the Bible by the Bible and comparing Scripture with Scripture. And that's, that's, it, it, it entirely comes from that. So does the date of uh, night, uh, September 7, 1994, and, and May 21, 1988, uh, the end of the Church Age. There was no outward sign that it was exactly that date. That's all taken from the, the biblical calendar, uh, which comes directly from the Bible. Now, Mike, uh, let, me, the, let me ask you about that biblical calendar. I, I think our listeners will be curious to hear your understanding of that. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Paul in the chat room who's in Bloomington, Indiana tonight, says he'd be interested to know uh, how you get to that biblical no, calendar. No, in other words, I, I, this is not uh, standard Bible dating, 7,000 years from Noah's flood. Uh, that's not typical. Uh, for instance, if you were to take uh, Bishop's Usher, Bishop Usher's dating system, he would not have the flood 7,000 years ago. So how, how are you concluding that the flood was exactly to the day, seven years before May 21st? 7,000 years. 7,000, excuse me, 7,000 years before May 21st this year. How, how, do you, how do you come to that conclusion? Well, first of all, let me say that, you know, Bishop Usher and his work was before the time of the end, and God had sealed up these truths until the time of the end, so no one was able to discover them until God opened them up. Uh, Bishop Usher went through the genealogies of Genesis 5 and 11, and he did he added them incorrectly, not taking into account that someone who begat another person wasn't necessarily a direct descendant. But in fact, we now know that for the most part, they were either a grand a grandson or a great great. Uh, how, how do grandson. we know that? And how do we know that? We know that simply because if you try to add it up like Bishop Usher did and you look, analyze it very closely, it can't work. It just will not work. It will not make any sense. And, and anyone who wants to discover that issue, they can go to my website at may-21-2011.com. Over in the right-hand column, click on uh, the book, Adam Wynn, and I believe it goes over that in one of the chapters. Um, it definitely goes over that in one of the chapters. Uh, uh, the uh, what's it called? The uh, anyway, it has to do with the uh, signposts of the biblical text. I believe that's what it's called. If they will look at that chapter, it'll go through and add things up as Bishop Usher did and show that it cannot possibly make any sense according to uh, the, the the biblical record. Discovered that there's certain rules the Bible has set down in adding up those genealogies. One of them, if the Hebrew word is is used, says uh, called his name, which is Korah Shem in the Hebrew. If it uses that term, we know in every case in the Bible when that term is used, it's referring to a direct descendant. On the other hand, when it uses the word begat. Sometimes, most of the time, it's not a direct defendant, and once in a while it is, and you have to compare Scripture with Scripture 
Excuse me, Mike. Now, you said that this this way of understanding had been sealed up or not not available prior to our generation. In other words, this understanding or these this way of interpreting it was actually hidden by your understanding. Yeah, according to the, the time, the things at the time of the end, uh, Daniel chapter twelve, verses four and nine, were sealed up until the time of the end. So it doesn't matter how smart someone was or or uh, uh, how diligently they studied the issue. I mean, God just kept it from being unlocked. And we know that God throughout Scripture does that. Uh, he has a time table for revealing truth. The number to call is 931 or, or 877-381-4567. 877-381-4567. Email your questions to questions at collegeview.com or join in the chat room with other listeners. Along those lines, Peter is listening in Australia tonight, Mike, and he asked, uh, how can we be certain that the date, I think he's referring to May 21st, 2011, is in fact the anniversary of the door closing on the Ark, considering our current calendar has been altered several times since those times? Yeah, it's not based on our calendar. It's based uh, on the biblical timeline of his calendar, where we start with Adam at point zero, let's say, and then putting the genealogies together in the correct manner based on the rules uh, of the Bible that have been discovered recently. And then once we have a timeline from Adam, uh, uh, for example, all the way, let's just stop, for example, at the death of Solomon, King Solomon, uh, we, we can look, now we, we can then take that timeline and align it with the modern day calendar. So in reality, it's not based on any modern day calendar. It's based on the biblical calendar that comes direct from Scripture. Kind of like uh, and, if you line up a, a, a slide rule, if you take a slide rule and you, you line up the coordinates, you can then see what the coordinate, each coordinate refers to. But now, Mike, don't you have Mike? Not only now do you have to get down to the year, don't you also have to get down to the actual day that, that these event, events occurred? If you're going to line it up to a specific day. Don't you have to work backwards and find out the specific day, for instance, that the ark closed? Do we know that the ark closed on a Monday or a Tuesday? Can you figure that out? Uh, as far as the what day of the week it did, I, I mean, I've never looked. I've never looked into that, but I, I know that we know that the flood took place in 4990 BC, based on uh, the biblical calendar, and we know that that is exactly 7,000 years to the year 2000 in our days, exactly 7,000 years. Uh, and that's quite interesting, too, because, uh, uh, I mean, there's so many proofs that point to the year 2011. Well, let's, uh, let's, say that, let's say we do settle on the year 2011. How do we get to the specific day in the year? Well, we get to the specific day. Uh, for example, uh, one, one, one way we get to that, okay, because there's, there, there's really many, but one way we can get to that is by the fact that uh, Genesis says that the door was on the ark on the 17th day of the second month of the uh, uh, the calendar, the biblical calendar of that day. Uh, and that's it. You can read that in Genesis chapter 7, uh, verse, uh, what is that? I believe that's verse 4 or 11 in, in chapter 7. Uh, now, if we go... The interesting thing about May 21, if you go to the Hebrew calendar converter and take from the Hebrew calendar 
punch in uh, May 21, 2011 on our Gregorian calendar and then, and then see uh, what date that is on the uh, Hebrew calendar, it, that date is the 17th day of the second month. May 21 of 2011, according to the Hebrew calendar, is the only, the only year anywhere close to uh, 2011, May 21, anywhere close to two, uh, the year 2011, is the only date that falls on the 17th day of the second month of, of the Hebrew or uh, a biblical uh I don't. We're having trouble following that. We probably need yeah. a graphic. We probably need you to map that out graphically for us. But uh, we we can it's at least. Really, it's, it's, it's basically uh, anyone you know. It's, it's going to take some study. It wasn't learned overnight, and you know nobody's going to learn it overnight. But you can go to my website at May Dash Twenty One Two Thousand Eleven. Click on the uh, the proofs section of the website and you can go through all those proofs follow all the links and, and, and okay there's, so you've got many, it on your many, many, many. you've got it on your website then again and that's may dash 21 2011.com uh and so uh, if our listeners are curious they can uh, pursue that website and see how you've got that lined up uh, real quickly we're we, we're keeping you longer than we had planned mike but let me let me go to now so so your explanation is, and I think Harold Camping has explained it the same way, that you you assumed a physical rapture, something literal and physical was going to happen on the May 21st. It didn't, but it was a spiritual beginning of a final judgment. And now you're, you're staying with, all along, I understand this, and I think others, maybe the media hasn't been covering it thoroughly, but I, I understood all along that you were saying that the final end of the world would be October 21st, uh, and you're sticking by that date as the final end of the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so tell me real quickly, because we're just out of time with you, uh, Tell me how we go. What is that five-month interval? Why, why the five-month interval from May 21 to October 21? How do we how do we come to that conclusion? Based on something that we've learned, well, once we have all the proofs that it's in the year 2011, we know that uh, events are matched to the feast days of the uh, the biblical calendar. I mean, Jesus was crucified exactly on the the Passover. Uh, of of the Bible, uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out exactly on the day of Pentecost, according to uh, the Hebrew calendar. Uh, we know what I'm trying to say is God has tied the dates of events in the New Testament to the feast days of the Old Testament, and the only feast day that has not been fulfilled is the Feast of Tabernacles. And that, uh, the last day of that in 2011 is October 21. Okay. Uh, the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, we know that that is referring to the end of the world because it refers to the final harvest. Everything is summed up. Everything is completed at that time of the year. Uh, and in the Bible, it points to, it gives reference to the end of the world. Well, we had, we had all these evidences and proofs that point to May 21, but then we also have the idea that the, uh, of the Feast of Tabernacles not yet being fulfilled. And uh, then it will suddenly dawn on us that, hey, there's exactly five months between May 21 and October 21, 
and then we could see Bible uh, Bible verses that would come to life in relation to that, such as Revelation chapter nine, which speaks about the uh, the judgment uh, being five months. Um, now, Mike, uh, Mike, was that the, the? How do you you you've you've picked out the 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 ark, and you've said that in the time around the ark is the is the, sort of the. Uh, the decoder ring that tells us when Judgment Day would be. How do you determine that the ark is when is when the events around the ark are the ones you should be t- doing your timing from, and say not other events like the Exodus from Egypt or other significant uh, uh, Bible events? Why? How do you determine that the that the events around the 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 flood are the ones that you should start your timing from? Is there any scripture that tells you okay this is the Sort of the master key, and you need to base all of your timing and all your your uh, sequence from the the flood, or you you see what I'm yeah. In other words, why 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 is your why is your start point the day that Noah went in the ark? What what Bible verse or passage says? Okay, start counting from there, and you'll be able to calculate the end of the world. I mean, why couldn't I say it? We need to start timing from the day of the sixth plague. Or the and, day that that the uh, the Red Sea parted and right. and the people passed over on dry land. No, you get our you get our point, Mike. Why why pick the day of Noah going into the ark? Well, that's only one time path. There's many other time paths, but from from uh, Noah into the ark is only one, and that's based on many uh, scriptures that Jesus says, you know, the coming of the Son of Man uh, will be as it was in the days of Noah. Okay, and, and many, in, in Matthew twenty, in, in Matthew twenty-four, in Matthew twenty-four, verse thirty-six, right, okay. and, and, and several other places as well, as well as Second uh, Peter chapter three, which compares the final judgment to the flood of Noah's day. Uh, now, in Second Peter chapter three, it says, in the context of speaking about the flood compared to what will happen in the final judgment. Second uh, Peter chapter three says, "But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing." This is something that God absolutely wants His people to know. It is so important that this is, without a doubt, something that God wants His people to know. That one day is with the Lord as a years in a thousand years is one day. Well, because He's talking in the context of the judgment uh, and comparing the flood with the final judgment, we have learned that the that one day is as a thousand years. What God is trying to tell us is that each one of Noah's days, Noah was given a seven-day warning before the flood. He was warned seven days before it took place. And each one of those days represents a thousand years to us. The flood is a type or a figure or a shadow of what was to come. And so uh, each one of Noah's seven days is 1,000 years. That equals exactly 7,000 years uh, from the flood. Mike. Okay, that's it. That's how we came up with, for example, the exact 7,000 years from the flood. But we actually came up with May 21, uh, 2011, from completely different biblical pathways than that. So this was actually just a proof we had already done or come up with right. different averages was accurate. Right. Okay? And there's and there's many, many other uh, proofs there as well. Uh, uh, okay, because we'll, we'll have to take your word on that, Mike. Uh, quickly. Uh, do you consider yourself a prophet? I mean, uh, you've got a lot of, uh, of messages here for people. Do you consider yourself a prophet? All God's true people they are, are prophets. They carry the word of God. So well, that, that, that leads me to a passage in Deuteronomy you're probably familiar well, well, with. Well, wait a minute, though. Did, 
When, yeah, when, I'm, familiar of it. I, I'm familiar of that of that passage. We need to distinguish the difference between an Old Testament prophet and a New Testament well, prophet. Well, but now, when, but before you go further, Mike, as a prophet, does this mean that that God is revealing new things to you? Or, in other words, do you believe that this is a new message that? You're a prophet in mm. the in the sense that you're receiving a new revelation from God, or you're just pronouncing a message that God had already put out there. No, it's already been in there. I, I don't. There's no extra revelation. But, you, but you're saying, but, but you're saying that it wasn't known before. Now it's it's this. So in, in other words, it is a new revelation. No, it's not a revelation. It's an illumination to something that was already <laughs> there. That's something outside of the Bible extra revelation like many of the churches so teach and they think they're speaking to God directly and all this kind of stuff is clearly false. God is not giving new revelation today. He's just illuminating things that were already there. Okay, now explain to me why a New Testament prophet is different from an Old Testament prophet because uh, that passage in Deuteronomy 18 is very condemning uh, based upon the events of last week. Yeah, the, the Old Testament prophet received direct revelations from God. Okay, so when he received a revelation, he spoke exactly what God said. A New Testament prophet are those who are studying the scriptures, and God is leading them into more to the scriptures and the scriptures. What verse in the New Testament? What verse in the New Testament would bear out that that uh, 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 definition of a of a modern prophet? What 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 verse would you use in the New Testament to 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 confirm that that's how we should view a prophet today. That's news to me. A prophet, uh, literally, it means a prophet is one who declares the Word of God. The only Word of God today is what the Bible declares. That is the Word of God. Uh, There is no Word of God outside of the Bible. So a prophet is one who declares the Word of God. Uh, That Word of God was given directly to a prophet in the Old Testament time. In the New Testament time, it's given through the scriptures, and that is a process of growth and knowledge. Uh, all you know, all scripture is given for reproof, correction, uh, for training uh, in righteousness. So, a New Testament prophet doesn't have to be accurate on everything. I, I just, I just, I got, I, I got to respectfully disagree with that conclusion. In fact, I would go to First Corinthians chapter fourteen. Where Paul talked about prophets in the church who had been given the spiritual gift of prophecy, and he actually used the word revealed in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 30. If anything be revealed to another, another prophet that is, that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace, for ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and that all may be comforted. Uh, but he, he says that, that the prophet would receive things revealed to him. So. Yes. Yes, and that was before the Bible was completed in, in about 95 A.D. When God, so God was still giving revelation outside of the Bible at that time. But once the Bible was completed, like we read at the end of the book of Revelation, if anyone adds to the words of this book, all has been the plagues written herein. Therefore, he's signifying that that kind of revelation is done with. Okay. The only kind of revelation now comes from the Bible and the Bible alone. I agree with you that people were getting messages at that time in the Church of Corinth, but that was before he finished the Bible, and so they needed that revelation because they didn't have the complete word like we do. 
All right. Mike, we're out of time, and we've kept you longer than we said we would, but we appreciate your willingness to discuss these things. Again, as I told you earlier, we're not in agreement with you about your conclusions, but we're certainly thankful that you'd be willing to talk with us about these things. Now, I don't know. It's probably been a very busy time for you because you've uh, been very probably been inundated with requests for people to explain what happened or what didn't happen on Saturday, May 21st. And we're glad that you've taken the time to join us tonight on the virtual Bible study. Thank you very much. Thank, thank, thank you for having me. And I just encourage everyone, everyone who uh, claims to be a Christian to, uh, you know, be like the Bereans. Don't, don't uh, despise prophecy. Scripture says not to despise prophecy, but to diligently, it out day by day to see if what is declared uh, come, comes from the Bible. So I recommend everyone go to my site at May-21, 2011. A lot of stuff there uh, says that uh, the, the rapture would take place on, on May 21. You'll just have to ignore that. That's in the process of being, of being uh, updated. But I can assure you that the, uh, the end, uh, uh, there's so many proofs uh, pointing to the year 2011 that I would just be absolutely foolish not to say so. The only way that someone's going to refute that, and I'm open to that, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm learning just like everybody else, but I'm open to anyone uh, uh, coming and study, study, the, study our biblical timeline, first of all, uh, that comes directly from the Bible, and then trying to disprove the accuracy uh, that that is not correct uh, using only Bible scripture and verses and, and not one's own mind. If okay. someone can do that, and I, I haven't been, nobody's been able to do that to me now, uh, that this has been out there for 40 years. Uh, and, and no one, you know, other than just making comments or because of this or that, they've never shown Bible verses to, to, to disprove it. And there's thousands of others who agree with me. Okay. Uh, well, listen, Mike, we've got to get. Thank, okay, Mike. Well, we thank you, and uh, again, appreciate you joining us tonight on the Virtual Bible Study. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. Bye. All right. Uh, there you've heard it. Mike from Oregon is uh, saying that, uh, well, it didn't happen. It wasn't a rapture on May 21st, but there was a starting of a judgment, and the world will be ending October, October 21st, 2011. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. But we're up against uh, the, the half-hour break, and we're going to take our bullet point. And we're going to have to cover ground fast when we get back to All right, we'll take a break, and we'll hopefully get your comments. It's toll-free, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com, or join in the chat room with other listeners. We've got Peter in Australia in the chat room tonight. Great. Glad you're out there, Peter. Peter. Uh, And uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you. If you have any comments, let us know. We'll take a break and be right back after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. Occasionally we hear parents who say that they don't want to force religion on their children. These misguided folks think they're doing their kids a favor by letting them decide for themselves. They're afraid that there will be some resentment in the children later if religion has been, quote, crammed down their throats. May we be absolutely blunt in response? That is one of the stupidest ideas anyone ever suggested. We force many things on our children. We insist that they bathe, brush their teeth, change their clothes, and so forth. We cram education down their throats by making them attend school regularly. We demand that they do their homework. We force them to eat good food, get adequate rest, and do other things that are important to their health and development. We do all of this because we know it's in their best interest. And we do it even when the kids don't like it. Why is it that this common sense approach is neglected by parents who are determined to, quote, let the kids decide for themselves when it comes to religion? 
Dr. James Dobson writes, quote, There is a critical period when certain kinds of instruction are easier in the life of children. There is a brief period during childhood when youngsters are vulnerable to religious training. Their concepts of right and wrong are formulated during this time and their view of God begins to solidify. The opportunity of that period must be seized when it is available. The absence or misapplication of instruction through that prime time period may place a severe limitation on the depth of the child's later devotion to God. When parents withhold indoctrination from their small children, allowing them to, quote, decide for themselves, the adults are almost guaranteeing that their youngsters will decide in the negative. God's Word has always taught us the truth on this subject. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Alex Dvorak, reminding you to listen to the virtual Bible study every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. God's Word has the answers. Let's get back to studying it. The virtual Bible study rolls along. We are back on the virtual Bible study tonight, talking about the end of the world and the failed May 21st prediction and we look forward to hearing from you. Anthony's behind the controls tonight, doing a great job. I appreciate you being here tonight, Anthony. And, uh, you, I and we appreciate Mike for joining us. Yes, we do appreciate uh, Mike. But uh, I think uh, during the break, those of us here in the room were talking about it. it it's, it's a little, it's mind-boggling, I think is a fair word to use, right. to hear how Mike and others of his same persuasion. I mean, he is not directly affiliated with Harold Camping, but he is in, he's in sympathy with the Using conclusion. a lot of the same arguments that Harold Yeah. Was. Uh, it, it's, it, it boggles the mind to see how there's an attempt to take extraneous bits of information from the Scripture and link them together to come to a conclusion. Uh, and, and Anthony, you were asking, why, do we, why are we motivated to do that, right? Right. I, I mean, I didn't hear, I heard a lot of verses being referenced, but I didn't hear anything that would, that would, be a, a motivator to, to really kick that off. Where do you read in the Bible that you should even be trying to decode um, decode the Bible in a numerical fashion and that you should even be trying to predict the end of the world by using this secret code system that was... Well, I think it's fair to use the word code because he said this was hidden. This was, right. this was sealed up. And it's only been within the last 40 years. And there was that, this, this hidden code in the genealogies that nobody had figured out until now. And it's been with for 40 years now they've been studying. But even at that, uh, Mike and Harold Camping and those affiliated with Family Radio apparently have been spending 40 years at this, but they've been pretty seriously missing right. it That's time true. and again. That's true. Uh, Harold Camping had predicted 1994 and then said, well, my math was off on that. Right. Now he, uh, they, the, there's a miscalculation about May 21st. It really wasn't to be taken literally and so forth. You, you begin to say, well, if it is a code, uh, I'm not convinced there is such a code. But if there's a code, I'm not sure these guys have got the code book because they, they consistently have had to fall back and re-explain uh, when their predictions and calculations fail. So uh, it, it's it's just – it's a it, I guess mind-boggling is the best word I can use for yeah, it. That, that, that is true. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts uh, based upon our interview with Mike, uh, you can give us a call toll-free, send us an email, or uh, join in the chat room with other listeners. Uh, Anthony, uh, your thoughts uh, t- quickly on uh, on some of the things that Mike had to say. Yeah, I you know I, I think you know mind-boggling is a good word. It, it, there seemed it was very difficult to follow the logic, and um, you know at first I thought we were working off the the flood, and then he said that 
that actually that wasn't the time path, I believe, was the term there he are used. Other time, there are other time paths or calculations that, that can that come. That just confirmed it. And, um, I mean, I I know that those folks have taken time, and to them it makes sense, but to try to explain and they've it. Spent, they've spent a lot of time right. on it, and, and as he said, he's got a lot of explanations on his on his website that we didn't obviously didn't have time or ability to, to get into. So All if right. you're interested, you can do that. I've uh, I have not done that. Maybe but it should be a, your maybe your your false teacher alert should be uh or your should be up high. Be careful because, be careful. because we think that the, we, uh, with all due respect to Mike uh, and we appreciate his willingness to talk with us, we're just absolutely not at all in sympathy with the conclusions that he has reached. All right. Uh, earlier today, you sent out some questions to our update list to allow us to know what we're going to talk about tonight and to give us some questions to think about to get a, our thoughts going along these lines. All right. Uh, to our update list, and you can always get on that list by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. But to our update list earlier today, we said give your best Bible argument to prove that we cannot know or predict the timing of the Lord's return. In other words, we'd be interested if you if you just had one chance, one shot, one verse, one argument to make, what would be your best argument? Because I think that most of our listeners are going to be in the category, and if, if, if you're not, we'd be glad to hear from you too. But I think most of our listeners are going to be in the category of those who do not think that you can predict the end of the world. Uh, what would be your best argument? Now, in conjunction with that, we ask a follow-up. Do you think that Matthew 24, 36 is talking about the end of the world or talking about the destruction of Jerusalem? All right. Now, let me read that verse, and then we'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, Matthew 24, 36 says, Of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Okay. Does that pertain to the things that Jesus was talking about in that same context concerning the destruction of Jerusalem, or... Did he change gears there and start talking about the end of the world? That, that's sort of an interesting side question. Okay, side more. All right, number two, and this is where we really had hoped to spend most of our time. We're going to run out of time real quick, Jacob. Uh, when the May 21st predictions failed, we heard a lot of interesting reactions. For instance, we a, a, a Christian was overheard to say, wow, we really dodged a bullet on Saturday. And I think that may have been tongue-in-cheek, but it may be... Uh, what did that reflect? It may be a reflection how, how, how would we you think answer? about the end of the world. How, how would you respond? Okay. Number two, we, several Christians commented, I could really rest easy on May 21st, knowing that the Lord definitely wouldn't come on that date. In other words, they're saying since somebody predicted that date, then it won't that be that off, date. It's off that day. So I don't even have to worry about it that day. Okay. Or, or do you, or is worry about it the right word to yeah, use? Yeah, so, okay. so uh, you know, how would you respond to that? Unbelievers were saying all weekend that Harold Camping and his followers are just typical of all Christians. Right. Superstitious, illogical, and completely gullible. All right, how do you answer how that? How do you answer that? Okay. Right. And then finally, Camping and his followers said, well, the May 21st prediction was wrong, but October 21st date is definitely right for the end of the world. How are you going to answer them? You've done a good job of cataloging the different reactions to this thing. I mean, that's, that pretty much summarizes yeah, it. Yeah, I think. So let's go quickly. Let's go quickly. Right. What's your best argument for the end of the world? Quickly, uh, bef- uh, another commentary on, on this whole uh, subject that we missed about Mike is he was taking a lot of passages out of context, misapplying them. Along those lines, uh, John is in the chat room from uh, Oklahoma City, and uh, John is with the Scriptural Way broadcast. Uh, you might check him out at scripturalway.org. He says, if Revelation 9 is proof for the five months between May 21st and October 21st, why isn't verse 6 of Revelation 9 coming true? In those days, men will seek death and not find it. They will desire to die, and death will fl- flee from them. He says, I don't see anything even close to that happening. And so along the lines of what uh, Mike was saying, if we're going to take the prophecy, we need to make sure that we're applying it correctly, and we see uh, an, an, one example among many 
of where prophecies are being misapplied. And we appreciate, uh, John, for those comments tonight. Okay, your question. And then, Peter, real quickly, Peter, uh, and boy, we're just thrilled that Peter's able to join us live from the other side of the world, uh, down under in Australia. It is amazing tonight. technology. Uh, yeah, so, Peter, we're, gra- we're really glad you're online with us tonight. And he, he asked, is the rapture mentioned anywhere in the Bible? I don't recall ever reading this. The reason you haven't read it, Peter, is because it's not there. You can't find that word in the New Testament. And I don't believe that you can find the concept in the New Testament at all. The closest that you can get to it is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, the last verses of that chapter. But it doesn't say rapture, and it doesn't line up with what these people are predicting concerning the rapture. Uh, it does talk about the Lord's final coming, but it's not the rapture. First Thessalonians 4, beginning verse 13. You remember when we were on the radio, we used to get excited if someone from another state could pick up our signal. Yeah. We got someone from another continent that can hear us tonight. Yeah. And, and crystal clear, no That's static. Great. That's, That's great. amazing. Appreciate yeah. you being there, Peter. All right. What's your best argument? Jay, what's your best argument that uh, we cannot predict the end of the world? We got some emails on this. Sure. sure. Uh, uh, we've got Mohan. Mohan in Chicago, Illinois, says that he wants to go to, uh, he says the best argument that we cannot know is that from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible gives us no such date. Mm-hmm. Revelation twenty four thirty six. that's the one we just read, uh, applies to the end of time and also can be an argument. Uh, he says some reactions we heard was that judgment was spiritual rather than physical, and the physical aspect occurs October 21st. They believe no one can be, can no one can any longer be saved. The way I would respond is that this is similar to what the previous cults have done in trying to find a way out of failed prediction. I'm guessing that on October 21, they will try again to spiritualize the end of the world if it does not happen. This group does not believe in literal hell or su- of suffering, but I believe they are lost and will experience hell unless they repent of their false gospel. They indicated knowing the date of May 21st was the, go- was the gospel and those who disagreed are not saved. I wonder about the person interviewed in January who said he would have a zero bank balance on May 21st. What's he doing now? There are we, many who do. We contacted him. The guy we interviewed in January, uh, Gunther von Herringer, and he sent me an email back uh, saying Family Radio made an official and only statement to the media. You can download it at FamilyRadio.com. That's all he would say about it. I wonder if he's... He's still got internet connection. He must have some money. He's keeping his internet connection up. Well, yeah, and and, and there are, but uh, you, to to answer the question, there are many who do have zero bank balance who've, who've sold yeah. everything. I heard of a, a, a retired city worker in, in New York City that spent his life savings hundred forty thousand dollars to put up signs in the New York subways announcing May twenty first. He he's penniless and and. Uh, what now? A friend of mine uh, mentioned a bicycle salesman, I think, in uh, Nashville who had done similar things. And he, he expressed sorrow. He said, you know, what a, what a shame. The guy's heart was definitely in the right place. And you, you have to agree, these people, yeah. their heart is in the right place. But it shows the fact that you're, not only does your heart matter, what you do and what you practice matters. Because well, these people are, are they're, even though their heart was right, they're still in a, in a bind here. Uh, because they believe false doctrine. Romans 10.2 talks about zeal without knowledge. Right. And so that, that may... Well, Harold Camping was asked about those people who gave up their life savings for for, for this cause. Right. Uh, he said, uh, uh, concerning some listeners' earthly concerns after giving away possessions in expectation of the rapture, he says, family radio would never tell anyone that they what they should do with their belongings, and those who had fewer would cope. 
Uh, he says they'll cope, who, the, the ones who don't who spent their money. That was his He's, answer on yeah. his last broadcast. He said, was. we're not in the business of financial advice. We're in the business of telling people there's someone you can maybe talk to, maybe pray to, and that's God. But he also said that he wouldn't give away all his possessions ahead of May, of October 21st. He said, I still have to live in a house. I still have to drive a car. What would be the value of that? If it is Judgment Day, why would I give it away? Now, here's something interesting, and that's the first time I came across this uh, info today, uh, and I think this is from the Associated Press. In 2009, the nonprofit Family Radio reported to the IRS that it received $18.3 million in donations, had assets of more than $104 million, mm. including $34 million in stocks and other publicly traded securities. We may be getting to the bottom of this. Maybe. All right. Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. Uh, so we, we said Mohan took the, the position that Matthew 24, 36 would say you can't know the hour. I would, uh, I'd, I'd, you, you asked me for my argument. I'd yeah. reference a passage like 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2. For uh, your, yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord uh, so cometh as a thief in the night. Uh, so we understand that thieves don't call. They don't give us codes even. You know, I... You, I've, I've been I've been robbed for from before in the middle of the night. I got no codes. They were they didn't they didn't leave a, 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 a sort of a hieroglyphic message uh, right. and that if you could have decoded it you would have known. Had to be a certain number of days past your, the anniversary of such and such a date. No, nope. didn't, didn't happen. I, I tell you the verse I would use is Second Peter chapter three, uh, where it says the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. There's that same language. Mm-hmm, right. But this is definitely talking about the end of the world here because sure. it goes on. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. That's definitely talking about end time, right? Sure. The earth and sure. the works that are there are going to be. And it says it's going to come as a thief in the night. No warning. Right. That would be my argument. We asked, do you think Matthew 24 is talking about the destruction? Matthew 24, 36. Did Jesus change gears in Matthew 24? At first, he's clear he's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. And in in verse 35 of Matthew 24, he said, This generation shall not pass away. Verse 34, Matthew 24, 34. Verily I say to you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. So everything up to verse 34 in Matthew 24 is definitely talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. Based upon the fact that it was going to occur in that generation. Yeah. Now, some people think, and I'm pretty sympathetic with this view. I I mean, I'm not going to fall out with him, but I'm pretty sympathetic with the view that he changed gears then and began to address the question of end of time because his his disciples had asked, what shall be the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? He had predicted that the temple was going to be torn down, and they said, when shall these things be? And then and then they asked also, although they didn't realize they were asking a second question, when will be, what will be the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? They, right. thought, they thought that the end of the world would surely line up with the destruction of the temple. It didn't. It wouldn't. So Jesus basically had two questions to answer. And a common understanding of Matthew 24, although not a unanimous understanding of Matthew 24, says that he answered the first question, when's the temple going to be torn down? And he concluded those remarks by saying, it's going to happen in your generation. It's going to happen. This generation shall not pass till these things shall be fulfilled. Then he proceeds to answer the second question, when is thy coming in the end of the world? And he says, of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And that only. does work with, that interpretation works because he's talking about signs previous to that. And after that, he talks about there would not be signs. Yeah. I, I, I'm very sympathetic with that view. That's, what, that's the view I typically explain. 
However, there are plenty of people who say, no, he, he's talking about destruction of Jerusalem all the way through Matthew 24. There are parallel passages in Luke 17 and Mark 3. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, 13. Luke 17, Mark 13. And in Mark 17, and I'm going to get this right in a minute, in Luke 17 and Mark 13, it seems pretty clear that in those passages, it's all destruction of Jerusalem. Now, we know that the gospel accounts have additional and supplemental information to each other. And I think it's a distinct possibility that Matthew included some aspects that Luke and Mark did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, to me, it's not terribly critical because we have the same truth, certainly if First Thessalonians 5, Second Peter 3, as we already mentioned, the Lord's going to come as a thief in the night. All right. We are up against the last break. And then when we get back from the break, we're going to talk about the four reactions that you've cataloged. And I think they're pretty well representative of, of reactions people had to this failed prophecy. We want to get your thoughts again. Eight... Real, real quickly, before we go to that break, let me read what Wade said about Matthew twenty four thirty six, and then we'll be done with that discussion. He says, it seems pretty clear in my mind that, that all the way up to verse 35, at least, is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. Some people believe that there's a break in the discussion in which he switches ideas at verse 36. If you compare other passages like Luke 17, starting at verse 52, which has the same subject matter, but no breaks are usually pointed out in the passage as much. Uh, going on, he says... Uh, unless we have some 2,000-year-old people walking around today, this event took place in around the first century. One thing that I think is confusing is he does start wording things uh, like as found in 1 Thessalonians 5 when he makes reference to being ready, like the thief in the night story. Uh, The problem is that that can be all talking about the same thing. But I think sometimes we have looked at things one way for such a long time, it's hard to change views. I think Wade takes the view perhaps that Matthew 24 is all talking about destruction of Jerusalem. Okay. But all right. We, we appreciate his thoughts. There. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll go to the top of the hour with your response to the May 21st prediction. How do you respond? And let us know your thoughts about that. We'll take a break and get your thoughts right after this. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. There's more of the virtual Bible study to come after these important messages. Stay tuned. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find that it's easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College of Church of Christ. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, in South America, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. How about logging off of Facebook and getting into God's book? The virtual Bible study continues. And we are continuing to the top of the hour. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. If you're listening to us anywhere near Columbia, Tennessee, we'll let you know about special series of events. Yeah, we got. if you're in Middle Tennessee area, plan to mark your calendars at least for June 20th and 21st. We're going to have something we think is unique and exciting. We're going to do some community Bible studies in the county park right near our church building here. Uh, but we're just calling it Bible studies in the park on those two nights. We're going to, and we're going to be talking about premillennialism, end of the world, end time kind of things uh, with the hope that maybe a lot of people in our community, because of the general interest in these kind of predictions we're talking about tonight, will come out. That's again, that's June 20th and 21st. If, we'll be talking more about it as we get closer. If you can come and, and join us for that, we would really appreciate it. Well, we're talking about the end of the world, 
and uh, the, the failed May 21st prediction. Here's an interesting uh, commentary from Don in Antioch, Tennessee. He said, I, would ne- I could never understand uh, why people, especially those who claim to be Christians, get so worked up over the end of the world when at any given moment of any given day, any of our little worlds can come to an end. I'm sure that the world did come to an end for some people on May 21st, as it also uh, came to an end for hundreds in Joplin, Missouri on the day after. I guess when some saw that tornado that God sent, they must have thought the prediction did come true just a day late. The lesson is that people should be ready at any given moment of any given day, and when our own little worlds end, it won't make any worse or better if it also happens to billions of others at the same time. So Don's basically saying, just be, be ready. ready. Man, I, I think, think that echoes what Jesus said. Good message. All right. Now, All you right. asked for some uh, reaction. How, how are you going to react? For instance, someone, a Christian was heard to say, man, we dodged a bullet on Saturday. How are you going to answer that, Jacob? Well, again, I think that was probably a tongue-in-cheek uh, statement, uh, but it, it may represent the feeling of some who claim to be Christians that, boy, what a relief it didn't happen on May 21st. You know, I think that's the wrong reaction, don't you? I, in fact, I would have been thrilled if it had happened on May 21st or May 20th or May the 1st or... You know, as Christians, we should actually be anxiously anticipating uh, the Lord's return. I mean, uh, the the fact that we would kind of feel a sense of relief that it didn't happen surely indicates maybe that we're way too attached to this present world. We should want to leave this present world to go and be with the Lord, as Paul said that he wanted to be. In in Second Peter chapter three, we read earlier, verse ten, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Verse twelve says we should be looking for and hasting to or earnestly anticipating the coming of the day of God. You know, we should be we should be joyfully anticipating that and hopeful that it will come soon. Uh, you know, in the book of Revelation yeah. ends with the Apostle John praying that Revelation twenty two verse twenty. Uh, he that testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. And John adds, Even so, come quickly. Or, even so, come, Lord Jesus. So John was eagerly waiting. Paul was eagerly waiting. And uh, and he says, If we're going to be rewarded, we'll need to eagerly await as well. And so we need to have the attitude of not of dread, but of looking for and longing for that day when uh, the Lord uh, brings uh, is, is revealed and uh, brings judgment on the earth. That's exactly right. Paul said in Philippians, he says, uh, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. For I am in a strait between two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Paul understood. It'd be great to go. It'd right. be great if the Lord came. It'd be great if my life ended yep. because I could be with the and Lord. And I hope that Mike is wrong on October 21st being the end of the world. Uh, I hope it's a lot earlier than that. Yeah, I hope it comes sooner than All that. Right. That's why we should do that. Okay. All right. Now, Second. That means it's, it's like you, uh, we talked about earlier today. I'd be like saying uh, they were they had a sweepstakes, and uh, I didn't win. I dodged a man, bullet. Dodged a bullet. I thought I, I was going to win a million dollars. But, man, I didn't. I'm oh, so lucky, what a relief. Lucky I didn't. Yeah, that's, it's, it's ironic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's oxymoronic. Okay. Um Question, the second one, several Christians commented, I could rest real easy on May 21st because I knew for sure the Lord wouldn't come on that day. And I, I and, hear that every time that somebody makes a prediction. Yeah. Somebody will say, pipe up and say, maybe in a Bible class, well, we can we know for sure it's not going to happen that day because somebody predicted it. it, yeah, I, is it can, we, uh, can we know that? I, I think uh, Paul had in the chat room here, he said, I would be careful saying that the Lord definitely will not return on any date. Uh, just because some man comes up with some foolishness doesn't mean that God won't come. It just would be pure coincidence. And I think that I think what he said there, it, 
out of coincidence, let's say somebody got lucky and picked May 21st, right. and it happened on May 21st. It's not because they had divine insights. It's not because they decoded a, a hidden code in the Bible. It just happened to be so that that's when God... We could really put God in a bind. We could just pick every day of the year from here to... Again, uh, but again, uh, it almost speaks to the idea that I don't want it to happen. Yeah, I could dread it. I could rest easy. I didn't have to worry that yeah, he would come load, back. That's day. a load off. Yeah. yeah, load off my mind. I don't have to worry about it today because somebody predicted today, and therefore I'm sure God won't use today because some man in a foolish scheme of code breaking thought they figured it out, you know, and so forth. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com. Uh, the chat room uh, is still open. We can take your comments if you'll hurry up and get them in. Uh, the, uh, go on to the next one, Jacob. Next one. Uh, unbelievers say, uh, saying Harold Campany and his followers are typical of all Christians, superstitious, illogical, and completely gullible. Yeah. You know, I think this is the real downside to this. Anthony, the people are going to use this. They're going to they're they're paint all Christians with the same brush, everybody who claims to be a Christian, and say, you all are just a bunch of gullible, foolish people. Yeah, uh, I think this to me is the greatest, uh, you know, tragedy out of this whole thing. Is that it really uh, painted all Christians in a bad light, and got, you know, the Christian faith, uh, so to speak, was really dragged through the mud um, in the wake of this. Yeah, uh, you know, and and we've got to think about that. You know, I think all Christians need to understand that what we do, how we act, and and specifically things we teach. We need to be very careful because we we have a reflection. We make a reflection upon the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Certainly. And and if we take some uh, off the wall, oddball position, and I'm not saying that Harold Camping and his group or or Mike that we interviewed tonight, they're certainly they they certainly don't have an exclusive market on no, that. There don't. are plenty of people who take some very curious and off the wall positions, all kinds of of things, and if you're doing that then you have the potential to really cause harm uh, and a bad reflection on the gospel of Christ. All right. Uh, Paul says our focus needs to be on that the Lord will return and not when. And that certainly is uh, the message of the scriptures, that we do need to focus on that and not on the specific day. Now, finally, you uh, asked the question uh, about camping and his followers. They said, well, May 21st prediction was wrong, but the May 20, uh, the October 21st date is definitely right for the end of the world. How do you respond to that? Anthony, does he have well, any credibility in your book? Not at all. I, the people were quoted prior to the day saying it is definitely going to happen. I know it's going to happen. And, Anthony, they're using the same timeline from, that they determined May 21st with to determine October 21st. Why, That's if the first point. date got thrown out, shouldn't that mess up the whole timeline? The whole thing should be uh, derailed. But, um, you know, they, they said that a physical rapture was going to occur, and it did not. And now they're redefining yeah. after the fact what they said was going to happen. So that, you know, it just doesn't work. You're changing the rules after the fact, and that, you know, that uh, work. Mike that we interviewed on his website, he said, I must still believe, based on all the biblical proofs and evidences, although May 21st was not the time of the earthquake or rapture, May 21 was the beginning of Judgment Day and the end of any possible salvation as we have always been taught. I must also still believe that the world is set to be destroyed on October 21st, as we have always taught. Well, they always taught that May 21st was the date, too. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, again, they have, a, uh, I think, a huge problem with credibility here. And and I guess my response to those who say, well, yeah, it's definitely it's still going to be it's going to be October 21st is for sure. No doubt about it. I'm going to say, 
for what reason should I possibly believe that? <laughs> Wouldn't that be? I mean, what, what, he said that we should be like the noble Bereans. Yeah. Well, I gotta tell you, the Bereans Absolutely. would have said. We agree with that 100. The, the Bereans would have said, "Get out of Berea." I, I, yeah, I don't see it. Uh, you know, you, you're a failed prophet, and your code-breaking system doesn't work, and the, we're hit, not believing it. Hit the road. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. It is interesting to discussion. It's not the first time that someone has made a prediction like this, as you said. It is not unique. There probably are other predictions for this year as well uh, about when the world will end. But uh, we need to be prepared for those and know what the Bible teaches. Exactly right. We appreciate. We, again, we we mean no disrespect to Mike, uh, other than the fact. In other words, we don't mean to disrespect him personally. We do disagree wholeheartedly with his conclusions, and. As such, then we have to say we believe he's teaching false doctrine on this matter, and we have to condemn that. All right. Anthony, thanks for driving the controls tonight for your comments. Good to have you here tonight. Thanks. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And, uh, Dad, thank you for your time. Uh, what are we going to talk about next week? Well, uh, we've had a lot of questions come in, and we're always open to questions. And uh, perhaps next week we'll try to take a number of listener questions. We've got a lot of them piling up. We need to have another interview as well. Yeah, if we can find somebody who will be willing to talk with us on some controversial subject, we'll do that. Or not too. so controversial. Even, if, even if, You know, you suggested something to me today. There's a church in uh, South Carolina, I think, that's under the gun in the local media because they they did some public teaching against homosexuality. Well, all they do is put a Bible verse on their sign. Yeah, we may try to interview that preacher and we see. We need to talk to him. Yeah, we'll we'll check in on that. All right, so stay tuned uh, to find out what we're going to talk about next week. Be sure to be back here then. We look forward to talking to you on the next edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.